This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire's signature NHL hockey pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host is AJ Scholes, who is joining us from Rotowire headquarters in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, he's a great follow at AJ Scholes24. Good day, AJ. Well, uh, partner, we both had this week marked in bold letters on our calendar for a while because the trade deadline is a week away and our teams also square off in a home-and-home set of games. Battle lines are drawn, and uh, I told you off the air, it's an interesting uh, note. Uh, In Toronto area, this has been called the pit split. It's the ninth (laughs) ninth time in the NHL history that they've met in back-to-back games, and uh, a note for you to consider, uh, considering you think that they're so dominant, the Pens have only swept the Leafs once in this set, too. It was in 1985. The Leafs also won the, the sweep into the year 2000. In fact, that's the last time that uh, this, this back-to-back occurred on the regular schedule. I'm looking forward to it. What say you? Yeah, I'm definitely excited and, and looking forward to it. Uh, this will go a long way, I think, towards our, our dollar bet on which team will finish uh, ahead in the standings. You know, the Penguins currently eight points above Toronto with three games in hand. Um, so, you know, if you want to send me that dollar now, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, this will be a big, uh, big determinant, you know, obviously if the Leafs were to sweep, then, uh, they're, they're that much closer. If, if penguins sweep, then uh, it's that much further away for you. So, uh, definitely looking forward to it. The trade deadline is always fun. We've already had a bunch of moves, a big one last night too, that we'll get into. But before we do that, uh, I'll just remind our listeners that throughout each week, If you have questions about your lineup, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us, and we'll try and answer those questions for you. As Paul mentioned, you can follow me at AJScholes24, and you can follow Paul, the Statsman, at Statsman22. Well, AJ, there were a mitt full of games on Monday night, and we'll also talk about the impact of those games on the the last week that was, and uh, a big injury that happened last night, too, that we got a report on. So we'll try to be as thorough as we can with all the news that's going on, and we begin, as always, with our look at the Anaheim Ducks who went one and one last week and then last night monday night they took it on the chin a loss in calgary to the tune of six to four ryan miller stopped 37 of 42 that's not good enough when you allow five goals against but big shot total that he faced silverberg uh, delorier henry got three of the goals there and michael del Sato 
uh, is a guy that I want to talk about off the top here, AJ. This guy is, I think, one of the guys that's going to be sought after, and we'll try and highlight a few names on each team uh, going forward to say who do you who do you look for that might be on the move for the non the non contenders. I put Delzato at the top of the list in Anaheim, along with Ryan Miller. I think uh, some teams are going to be looking for goalie insurance, and he's played well down the stretch last night's. Uh, start notwithstanding. Uh, in terms of top performers last week, Derek Grant got a goal and an assist, and Adam Henrique has started to find the net. He got a goal last night, and he has uh, four goals in the last eight days now, so he's on a bit of a hot streak, the best of this season. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with, with Miller right now, um, you know, is kind of the, the long-term outlook here. He's he's currently tied with Mike Vernon for 15th all-time on the wins board at, at 385, and he's just four behind Dominic Hasek. So you have to wonder if, you know, if he can, if he makes a move, does he get enough starts uh, to earn those those four more wins or, you know, it would take five to move move past Hasek. So uh, that's definitely something I'm, I'm going to watch already. Uh, the most, uh, you know, most wins of any U.S.-born netminder uh, for Ryan Miller and just working his way up the list. Unfortunately, last night uh, wasn't the best outing for him. But really, in total, like his numbers this season haven't been terrible. He's just been used uh, pretty infrequently. Just played 18 games behind a workhorse in, in John Gibson. But I, I would imagine that a club uh, in the market would probably have seen enough. And, and you go back to his history. I mean, this is a guy that's won 40 games in a season uh, on, on multiple occasions and, and consistently over 30 when he was with Buffalo. So this is a guy that has shown that he can win and, and certainly would bolster uh, a locker room uh, as well. AJ, with the Arizona Coyotes, there were 2-1-1 one and one last week, and on Monday they took another win, a 2-1 to one victory, with Antti Rantev starring in that one, 28 of 29 saves uh, on shot, uh, versus shots on goal. Keller and Garland uh, got the goal scoring. They've both been peppering the net recently, too, so no surprise that they hit the score sheet. Jacob Chikrin is another guy that's been on fire of late, too, from the defense position, really emerging as another offensive threat. Seven points in his last seven games, and he's been all over the highlight reel with the big big slapper that he's been able to deliver to the net there was another goal in that mix that could have counted against the Leafs but it was disallowed because of a, a interference call around the net so uh, he's he's been on fire and uh, using that big shot of his to to uh, pile up most of that offense Antti Ranta had two wins last week as well as last night's victory but Aiden Hill has also made an impression in the Nets here so they've got a trio of goalies when you consider Darcy Kemper's nearing his return but uh, another interesting bit of discussion here around the trade deadline with Taylor Hall's name involved in rumors now AJ this this tells me that there might be an issue with the contract talks around Taylor Hall uh, not going well in Anaheim and you wonder I mean in Arizona and you wonder if this would be an impetus to move him at the trade deadline to see if they can get some some assets that might help them this year and beyond or do they keep this guy and try and go for a run uh, knowing that they might not be able to resign him it's an interesting conundrum and one that uh, i'm sure we haven't heard the last of but uh, i wonder if you have an opinion on that yeah, I think the biggest question mark is is obviously the standings. You know, they're in the second wild card spot right now, uh, actually tied with Calgary, and, and, and tiebreakers make them the second wild card. But the third spot, uh, they're one point behind Vancouver. So you would think, as long as they're in, you know, playoff contention, that 
this is why they brought in Taylor Hall, right? Um, so they've got another week to kind of figure out where they are in the standings um, and, and to win some games. Last night obviously helps uh, get them in there. I would be surprised if they moved him because it would just feel like giving up, honestly. Um, I, if they went full sale on something like that, I would expect more likely uh, a Carl Soderberg would be a better player to, to move uh, than, than Taylor Hall here at this point. But uh, it's certainly worth uh, worth keeping an eye on. And, and again, the how they fare in the you know next week here is, is really going to determine uh, where they stand. The Boston Bruins, you know that they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. They always are. And one of the reasons is because they're at the top of the standings and uh, they got a tough battle on their hands trying to hold off the Tampa Lightning, who are charging hard. We'll talk about their side of the equation a little bit later. The Bruins' biggest need here that I see, AJ, is I look at the right wing and I see in the second line spot Carson Kuhlman. Danton Heinen behind him is not living up to the expectations that I had, and Chris Wagner is just a, a bottom six type. So you can see clearly a need to bolster that second line right wing spot to give him a really solid top six. And I love the fact that Charlie Coyle is playing as well as he is. He, he was a great pickup at last year's trade deadline and hasn't let up. And his size and scoring touch around the net has been a welcome addition to the Bruins' depth. Coyle, in fact, picked up two goals last week to boost his season totals. On the back end, they also got a big boost from Charlie McAvoy's recent play, giving them a second bona fide defenseman scorer. Uh, McAvoy has seven points in his last eight games to to underscore what I'm talking about. Uh, We've also talked about uh, Chara and the the pair of offensive Ds as the key to the Boston defense, but I don't want to undersell Brendan Carlo. He seems to fly below the radar despite despite having become a a very good shutdown defenseman like the captain, so I really like the top 4D here in Boston. Boston, and that's a real centerpiece to why they are where they are in the standings. And we mentioned about Kuhlman. He's pouring a lot of shots on goal, but nothing to show for it here. And uh, we all know the big line keeps keeps going, but the likes of DeBrusque, Kuhlman, Heinen, and Bjork are not adding much, and that's why I think they need to add some scoring punch in that second line. The the name that, that I'll toss out in, in terms of guys who, who could get sent away uh, from kind of their prospects is a youngster named, named Cameron Hughes. Now, his numbers uh, in, the, in the minors haven't been phenomenal, so I think they could toss him in as a, as a player. But uh, it, collegiately at, at UW-Wisconsin uh, here, uh, he put up decent uh, production, and I think he's a name that maybe could be on the list of potential uh, guys to guys to snag there. There's a couple other, you know, uh, Oscar Steen, maybe Trent Frederick would be somebody that other teams would take a look at. So they have plenty of prospects that I think they would give up. But as you mentioned, it's it's a case of keeping up with the Joneses and Tampa made a big, uh, you know, big acquisition. So you'll have to imagine Boston uh, is gotten just that much more active uh, after that one. Yeah, good call to highlight the prospect pool there. I'm sure at least one of those names is going to go the other way, AJ. The Buffalo Sabres had a great week. They went 3-0 and to fan their fate. Playoff hopes one of those wins was against the Maple Leafs in a very decisive effort on Sunday night that I took in. Uh, two of the stars on the blue line continue to chug along. The two Rasmuses, Darlene and Ristolainen, piling up the points with four assists for Darlene, three for Risto. And uh, in behind them, Carter Hutton has revived his season a little bit with a very positive stretch now at four wins in a row, allowing only nine goals against in that period of time. They even got a goal from uh, Kyle Pozo, but he, Skinner, and uh, Marcus Johansson haven't done enough to validate 
the combined $19.5 million that have been spent on these three guys, they've all underachieved this year, in my opinion. Johansson had a nice run for a few weeks early on, but haven't heard much from him since. On the plus side, Victor Olofsson is back in the lineup, and uh, happy to report to Buffalo fans that he's produced three points in his first two games played uh, since then, and they sorely need him to continue to put that kind of offense together to keep their faint hopes alive. Well, I, I think they're pretty much, uh, you know, the writing's on the wall for yeah. me with this club. You know, they've got uh, 23 games remaining, so certainly they're not uh, officially out of it, but they're uh, nine points back of Philadelphia with, you know, three teams in between them and the Flyers. So I, I would expect them to maybe start considering some moves. And they have a number of uh, pending UFAs, uh, Michael Froelich, Connor Sheary, Jimmy Vc. Uh, the list goes on, but I actually think the guy that might get the most traction is Marcus Johansson, who you mentioned, he's got one more year left on his deal. Teams are are liking that extra year of term 4.5 million is admittedly a little steep based on his production, but he is just 29 years old. So uh, I actually think Marcus Johansson is probably uh, more likely the, the guy that some teams will be targeting in turn, uh, rather than going for some of those other straight rentals. In Calgary, the Flames are sitting at a record of 30-24-6, and 2-2 two and two last week, but they picked up an important win versus Anaheim on Monday, a 6-4 to four victory, as we highlighted earlier. Talbot was in net to pick up the W. He stopped 26-30. of 30. Manjapani had a big night, a first career hat-trick for him. Tachuk and Monaghan for his first goal in a while, and Sam Bennett uh, picked up the other goals. The forward depth for me, a question here, AJ, and that's where I think that they're going to be trying to address their depth chart. Manjapani certainly filled in nicely uh, of late and uh, added to his totals last night as we suggested but I think they're looking for something a little bit more and uh, maybe stretching the lineup to try and see if they can complete three solid lines because uh, right now Milan Lucic has, has been on fire of late but we can't expect that to continue it's been a year and a <laughs> half that that we've been maligning him as a, being a, a very low scoring guy and not living up to the big contract he's living right now and so is a uh, fellow third liner mark jankowski a guy that they've had big hopes for a while but i don't know how long that's going to last and that's why i still think they need to add on the on the forward ranks they uh, they need sean monahan to find his scoring touch before last night only one goal and one helper in his last nine games played he's back in the center spot on the top line and uh, big bigger minutes are coming his way i'm sure and uh, he needs to deliver to have these guys be a factor down the stretch but on the defense they may also have a need Giordano and Hamannick both sideline now that's two guys out of their top four Stone is getting a lot more ice time there of late his shots on goal rate is way up over the season but offense is really not his game and that's why I underscore a bit of a need here and uh, one guy who's trying to fill that is Rasmus Anderson he has four points in the last six games with added minutes to his total on the blue line as well I absolutely agree with that call Paul uh, on, on both accounts but I actually think if I'm if I'm the Calgary GM and I can only address one or the other, I think defense is the bigger concern with me when you have guys like Giordano and Hamannick sidelined. And you look at their uh, kind of prospect pool in, t- in terms of other options, um, they really only have three other defensemen under contract uh, who they could potentially call up. Uh, so really, it's not a very deep uh, organization when you factor in 
kind of those those blue line injuries and the fact that they've already brought guys in so for me that's the bigger concern uh, obviously if you can get both I you know I don't think they need to be out there looking for a top six for uh, forward I think a depth guy would, would be a, a good fit here so maybe they can swing both deals in in terms of what they're uh, what they're able to get uh, back um, in terms of adding the Carolina Hurricanes they're in the middle of the playoff hunt uh very competitive metro division means that their likely path is to the, the wild card and right now they're in the thick of that uh, after going one one and one again last week forward depth is an issue here they have an excess on defense so the quick math tells me that i think they can deal from the back end to help the boost their offense i'm still uh, surprised that warren fogel being listed as a second line forward here and that's really the area of need that i s- highlight most and jordan stall may be miscast as a top six center i know you like him uh, aj i do as a defensive forward more than an offensive guy and if they could improve that area as well it might bode well for this club so those are the areas that i identify uh in terms of people that are performing of late jacob slavin has ha- had a very nice run of late on the back end eight points in nine in the last nine games you wonder if he can keep that up if if and when dougie hamilton ever returns to this lineup martin nets cash four points in his last six games getting a large share of playing time at right wing as i said that becomes a, a, is an area that i think they got to upgrade and nets catch might might be the guy that fills it in internally in terms of the offensive upside and uh, when you talk about offensive upside here it begins with sebastian ajo on a tear 15 points in his last nine games played a must start in dfs the way he's going right now and probably still not ranked among the top wingers in those categories on FanDuel. so we'll get to that too a little bit later on interesting i'm looking forward to the optimizer today aj <laughs> uh, goalies are still shining despite the shots on goal rate rising here uh, this is a busy pair, but right now Marazic and, and Reimer are certainly delivering the goods in the nets. Well, another guy they really need to start doing something on the ice uh, is Ryan Zingle. You know, 16 games without a goal, has four helpers over that stretch. I get he's in a fourth-line role right now, uh, but he is still seeing power play minutes over that stretch. His ice time is right around like 13, you know, 1345-ish. Um during the slump so really that's a guy that needs to find something in in terms of production you know since uh since coming over or or leaving ottawa it it really just has not you know his numbers with uh with columbus last year weren't great uh and so it it just hasn't worked out in, in my opinion that well uh since since leaving uh ottawa and and you know you thought maybe the move here I honestly, excuse me, I honestly thought he could be a a guy that would compete for top six minutes with with Carolina at the start of the season, and and it just hasn't worked out. They need to figure out how to get him going. They're trying by giving him power play opportunities, um, but that's another, you know, in-house guy that if he could figure something out, uh, you know, would be a a welcome addition to their, their forwards. And uh, we talk about another team that played last night, the Colorado Avalanche. They lost against Tampa, but the biggest loss that they suffered was Miko Renton and, uh, and a collarbone injury that he incurred on a hit into the boards. The, the early opinion that I've heard is that he's going to be out for weeks, AJ, and that's a tough blow for them. In terms of what happened on the ice, Fran Suze was the goalie. Uh, he's been pressed into service, too, because of an injury to their starter. So he allowed four goals on 27 shots. The goal scorers, as you might expect, Nate McKinnon, a goal and an assist. Burakowski with another goal. He's been hot of late. 
Pichushkin has been a guy who's picked up his game in the second half of the season to round out their offense. But uh, the injuries to Ranton and Kadri clearly identify a need for a scoring upgrade. And this team has a lot of money uh, in terms of cap space available. So, so I wonder how busy Joe Sackick is going to be. I expect him to try very hard to fill those, those gaps. And uh, if they can get one or both of these, uh, Ranton and Kadri back, the additions they make now could really look even better down the stretch. On the back end, Samuel Girard is a guy that I've had my, uh, much of the season. And his 29 points is a career high, emerging as a second offensive blue liner behind Kale McCarr. That's another advantage that these guys have over most other teams when they play them. The offensive upside of the rear guard is, is a real asset for them. I mentioned that uh, Andre Burakowski scored last night. It continues a real nice streak that we've seen from him since the turn of the calendar. And uh, he seems primed for a huge second half. And solidifying a second scoring line here has always been an issue in Colorado. And uh, Burakowski is doing his end holding up his end of the bargain very nicely. I mentioned that the starting goalie, Philip Grubauer, sidelined with a lower body injury. I don't see a timetable on that, so Francouz expects to be a busy guy. Hunter Mix has been brought up from the minors to back him up, but expect Francouz to get the lion's share to load there going forward. Well, if you asked me yesterday during the day uh, what I thought Colorado was going to do heading into a trade deadline, I would have honestly said maybe a depth forward but i didn't really see this team being super active you know obviously the injury to grubauer would would maybe change things maybe this is a team that would take a look at a guy like ryan miller or something like you know somebody in in that vein but Mm -hmm. in general i figured this was a club for you know maybe a minor addition uh at forwards maybe looking at, at at goalie but now uh, all bets are off. I think this team will be very active here. You know, you're talking about a player, you know, you mentioned their cap space is it's right around 6.4 million right now. You add in throwing uh, Miko Rantanen on long-term IR, that's 9.25 million addition. Literally, this club can afford anybody that they would want to add uh, at this point. Now, can they find somebody available that's the question, um, you know, in terms of replacing a guy like Rantanen. But uh, as soon as I as I saw that injury, it, it reminded me exactly of what happened to Jake Gensel. And I, I figured it was going to be a long term uh, absence for him. You have to wonder if he'll be available for, a, you know, a, a late series in, in the postseason. But if if it is a similar timeline to Gensel, he's probably done for the year. Yeah, that's sad news for a team that's been one of the offensive juggernauts in the NHL. A lot of fun to watch them. The Columbus Blue Jackets, this team, I'm shocked that they're still in the, in the playoff hunt. Uh, they, they've been decimated by injuries and, and really not as strong a roster when you think about it as some of the other contenders. But uh, John Tortorella has done a great job cobbling this lineup together all season long, getting the most out of his charges. They went 0-1-3 and last week, though, one of their poorest weeks in a while here. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand has uh, kind of bucked the trend, uh, the downward trend. He's got two goals and two assists and in the last week. And um, I think he's a guy that they're going to count on down the stretch the interesting note kevin stenland is getting bigger minutes as a new center on the top line here with a goal over the last two games you wonder if that's a long-term fix or they're just looking for somebody to rise up they haven't had uh, the goods delivered from the center position for a while so kevin stenland might be a bit of a plug and play for a little bit in the interim despite plenty of minutes for david savard uh, he's taken a bit of a backwards, backward step uh, as an offensive defenseman. Hasn't filled the incapably for Seth Jones' absence, and that 
probably it doesn't come as a surprise to many observers. Pierre-Luc Dubois, one of the centers that I mentioned, has not been delivering only two points in his last seven games. They need more from the top center position. I, th- I think I would be honestly a little surprised if, if this team does uh, a ton at, at the deadline. They were so active last year. They went all in, which I loved. I, I thought that was a, a bold call. to. They had all those UFAs, and then they brought in more. Um, and so I, I thought it was a, a bold move last year. It obviously didn't pay out. So I expect them to be a little more gun-shy this year, especially, as you mentioned, considering the, the injuries. They currently have eight guys on injured reserve that account for 30 million, uh, in money. So, uh, they certainly could add, uh, add players here if, if they wanted to, but I I would be surprised if they're overly active. I think this is one of those situations where you just say, look, we're in a wild card spot now, uh, without our, our best guys, uh, a handful of them being out. Let's just see what happens. Give the youngsters some ice time and, and just roll with it. Honestly, that that would be my call, at least uh, if, you know, if I were running the show down there. And uh, before Chicago Blackhawk fans get all over me, I know I missed them. And I thank AJ for prompting me. We'll get back to the Hawks right now. They were one and three last week. Corey Crawford, a pending UFA. And so is Robin Leonard for teams that are looking for goalies. The Hawks are not going to keep both of these guys. So their best opportunity to upgrade is to, to look at these guys and make a bid on one of them and i think the hawks should be listening here i they, they appear to be on the outside looking in when we're talking about the playoff situation in terms of on the ice this year brandon sod continues a fine recent stretch of play two goals and one helper last week but it's a second line center ryan carpenter getting a look at this spot it's moved around to a number of options during the course of the year he's getting a look right now and has only two points and has two points and nine shots on goal in his last four starts he's gonna have to do a little bit more than that to hang on to this role but it's by design that Kirby Doc is not listed there because he's been insulated all year long as an underage uh, forward a young guy 18 years of age uh, staying in a low stress third line role I think the Hawks are committed to this to give this guy the best chance to acclimatize to the NHL and right now you can say that the offensive side of the game is holding up his overall effort he's up to three shots on goal per game very nice uh, early uh, returns for a young guy that's going to be a centerpiece for the Hawks for an awfully long time I think well I don't know if Blackhawk fans were really going to get uh, on us for missing Chicago this year since they've basically been missing on the ice for much Ooh. of the season so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love their decision I, I think I've mentioned this in the past to, to keep Doc uh, on the line with Alex DeBrincat. I think you just let those two guys gel as much as possible and ride them into next season and then you've got you know Dylan Strom as the other winger there so you're talking about a 19 year old and two 22 year olds uh, for a team that's you know on the excuse me on the rise here uh, in terms of youngsters coming in the ranks I'll throw one other name out there other than the goaltenders and and I totally agree I think both those guys might be available uh, the name I'll toss out I know he's injured right now but Zach Smith uh, if he if there's a good prognosis here that they think he's going to be back uh, he put up solid numbers while in Ottawa hasn't really gelled with the team right now but you get him for 3.25 for this year and one more um, again the injury complicates things here with that and and you know if you really would have to talk to them in terms of is that seven to ten day timeline that they gave uh, is that accurate like are we going to get him there but I think it's certainly worth calling uh, the Hawks uh, and just to see is this a guy that's available and up next the Dallas Stars have certainly 
caught fire. They're right in, at the top of the list when it comes to teams that are looking calm and cooled out for a playoff spot. 3-0-1 is their record recently. Uh, center two is an issue uh, on this team. Rupe Hintz and Joe Pavelski trying to fill the center role in the second line, but both of these guys are better suited to wing roles. I think they've proved that over longer stretches in their careers. Uh, one long, one short, but the, the numbers are there. Dickinson, Jason Dickinson is in as a center on the second line. Ranks to be seen what he can show in terms of offensive upside. We certainly haven't seen much from him uh, in long stretches this season. Dennis Gorianov is a guy who's showing well, though, of late. The right wing on the second unit had added, has added two more goals to his list of uh, scoring exploits that we've highlighted over the last few weeks. So just continuing a nice role for him. Center on the top line is uh, Tyler Sagan's uh, Bailiwick, and he's finally slapped a long goalless streak. He did it against Maple Leafs and continued to play well in the last four games, picking up three goals and three helpers. And uh, so that boosts the offense here. The defense, uh, uh, defensive structure has been a centerpiece to this team, but they're getting really good offensive performances from Klingberg, of, John Klingberg of late, finally showing uh, his true form that he's exhibited in the previous years. Been of a bit of a down year offensively overall, but some of that slack has been picked up by Miro Heiskanen, who added four assists to a career breakout for him. I think you're absolutely on point there in, in terms of what they need most. It absolutely is the center position. Uh, you want Pavelski on the wing where he's more comfortable. Um, you want the ability, honestly, if you need it, to put Pavelski with Ben or Sagan uh, or put all three of them on a line together if you really needed a goal. Um, and, and that only can really happen consistently if they address that center position. There's a couple options that that I think could be out there um, in terms of what they would give away. I think there's a handful of these defensemen that at least, you know, would it be the, you know, one guy, one for one? Absolutely not. They'd have to package something else up there. But I think Jamie Olesiak is a player that can move. They've traded Alexiak <laughs> before um, Roman Polak, Andre Sakara, any one of those guys could uh, garner some interest from other other clubs out there, even Taylor Fadoon. Um, so there's there's a handful of options here. Yes, you'd have to probably add something else to get uh, a top center at this point, but it's definitely something that they need. Uh, so package up some picks, throw one of those defensemen in there, and and get it done. In in my opinion. And the Detroit Red Wings, they are acknowledged sellers. They have been for a while, uh, with the record that they're showing right now, the worst record in the salary cap era, AJ, and uh, that's quite a telling statement. 0-4 was the record last week, and uh, the marketable commodities here are on the blue line. They've got a couple of experienced pending UFAs in Trevor Daly and Mike Green that could shore up the bottom end of a lot of teams' defensive depth charts, those teams that are going to the playoffs. Green would be an interesting plug-and-play guy for power play that needs a bit of a boost as well. Darren Helm is a guy who picked up three goals last week, but don't go running off and picking up this guy. It's a blip on the the season-long uh, performance list. He's a, still a bottom six guy, even here in Detroit. Mo, uh, Anthony Manta is back at right wing on the top unit. Three points in his last four games played, uh, a season that he will not remember fondly because of the long injury absence, but he this guy is a big uh, power skating forward better days ahead for him and if you can stash him in a dynasty league do so because i think he has a good career in front of him i would say andreas athanasio i'd like to profile him similarly but he's well off the 30 gold pace that he put up last year and a minus 44 all i gotta say about that is wow that's hard to do 
Well, here's what I'll say about about Detroit. I absolutely agree that they are are a selling team. But what are they going to sell? Honestly, like you're not you're not getting rid of Dylan Larkin. Uh, I don't know that anybody wants a 32-year-old Justin Ablocator for three more years after this season. Darren Helm, same thing. He's got one more year at 3.8 million. Um, you know, Valtteri Filpula is 35 years old. Luke Glendening is 30. He's maybe the the number one option. You talk about defensemen. You know, Mike Green, Jonathan Erickson, Trevor Daly, all these guys, 34 to 36, and and making pretty sizable deals. So there's just really not a ton here that they would even sell to begin with. You know, you talk about some other guys uh, that other teams would want, sure, but are you going to really give up uh, a Robbie Fabry, a Philip Hronick? Like, no, not when you're rebuilding your team. So I just don't see what this club has to sell, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I will be interested if they make a move and, and see what, what another team wanted, but uh, if I'm one of the other 30 GMs, this is not a team that I'm really calling to to try and get something from. And the Edmonton Oilers trying to navigate the waters without Connor McDavid, who will miss significant time, meaning a top six spot is available here. And uh, Colby Cave and Riley Sheehan, Gaetan Haas, they're not the answer. So that'll be an area where the, the uh, Oilers are trying to be busy uh, shoring up that center depth. Uh, shutdown D is another clear area of need. The defensive structure, in fact, could use an upgrade in that regard. In terms of what's going on and elsewhere, I like the play of Josh Archibald lately. Two goals and one helper. Scoring well, actually, since we turned into 2020 here. Uh, playing a season-high 18 minutes in his last game, so he's getting a lot of opportunity to shine, and the offensive totals seem to be there right now, so it could be a nice low-end DFS play. Another guy who's a nice low-end DFS play that's not much of a secret anymore is Kyler Yamamoto. Eight points in his last six games played overall, so uh, interesting to see there. In the net mining situation, Mike Smith still continues to get the big goalie share over Koskinen. Look what he's done in the last four games. Played 10 goals against, and uh, if he keeps that up, he's going to hold on to the role, no doubt, and rack up a number of W's down the stretch. Yeah, for me, I you know I look at their their lineup and they're they're missing three pretty consistent uh, players right now. You've got Connor McDavid out, James Neal is out, and then uh, world class idiot Zach Cassian is also out of the lineup <laughs> as well. Uh, I mean, you know, he is a, a consistent bottom six contributor for them. He's got thirty points this year. That's the first time uh, he's he's reached that threshold. He just can't you know keep himself under control on the ice, and so. I think honestly, if I uh, if I had to pick a spot, I'm I'm looking at winger right now. Especially depend, you know, they should have some idea on maybe how long Neil's going to be out, um, and I I think that's kind of the biggest question mark for me on this team right now. The defense is not you know outstanding, but it's not terrible either. Um, so if I if I'm picking one area that they need to address, it's probably on the wing. Yeah, center's a little thin right now, but. You know, you'll get McDavid back here before the postseason. They should be fine to make the playoffs with their current group of centers as, as Dreisaitl just leads the way there. Um, so for me, I think wing is the biggest question, uh, especially once you get past kind of that first line. You mentioned Yama, Yamamoto. Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing wing right now. They could move him to center if they added uh, a, a top six winger. So they have options here. 
The Florida Panthers uh, may have a path to the playoffs if they uh, can turn things around. Recently, they've really struggled. One and three last week, but they picked up an important win as they start a West Coast swing that could define their season and playoff hopes. They started off well with a 5-3 win in San Jose yesterday. Bobrovsky stopping 29 of 32. Trocek, Strahlman, Hoffman, Sevier, and Dadanoff accounting for the goal scoring. This team's needs that I identify, a depth center and a backup goalie. They certainly haven't been able to trust anybody behind Bob. Bobrovsky despite his up and down play in the last four or five weeks Uh, and defense they have had good performances offensively from Mike Matheson and Mark Pissick another guy who's played well and listed as a defenseman he's been playing a lot of forward minutes for this club and picked up his second multi-point game in the last two weeks so uh, finding some offense from an unexpected source he had one goal and two helpers in that game last week to help him to a good performance there Bobrovsky as I mentioned he's flopped of late three goals or more in eight of his last nine starts before four yesterday and he couldn't even keep it under three in yesterday's winning effort and the defense Keith Yandel snapped out of a, an offensive slump with points in his last uh, three now three of his last four games after yesterday's effort so at least he's turning it around offensively they need uh, some outstanding contributions to fan their playoff hopes down the stretch yeah you talk about a team that needs forward depth at one point they had Pissick and Mike Matheson on a fourth line, I think centered by Dennis Malgin, if, if I'm not mistaken. But they definitely had two defensemen playing on their fourth line. And now they got Pissick playing on the second line with Mike Hoffman and, and Vinny Trocek. Like, it's crazy to me right now uh, what they've done with, with his game. Now, uh, obviously, it's working. So no reason to, you know, don't, broke what, uh, don't fix what's not broken, obviously. But I think forward depth would be a huge add. But again, this is a team that's right on the edge. And if things go south this week, they could find themselves sellers on, uh, you know, on Monday next, you know, next week. Uh, In terms of guys who I think teams will definitely be calling on, you have to look at Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadanov. Both uh, are going to be UFAs next year. Both are 30 years old. So not, uh, you know, not not guys that are too long in the tooth. And and certainly I think they'll get calls on those guys, but it's going to depend on what this week holds in, in that West Coast swing. So really a, a team to watch. And I think you're looking at Florida may not make any moves either way until about 48 to 24 hours out because they don't really know right now. Are we buyers? Are we sellers? There's three points back from Philadelphia with Carolina in between. So there's a lot to figure out for this club. I don't envy their GM right now. And we talked about the top of a few trades that happened last week. And one of them that was the most recent one, in fact, uh, LA Kings trading Tyler Toffoli to Vancouver in exchange for Tim Schaller, a forward 2020 second round pick and a minor league prospect, Tyler Madden. He's a former third round pick in the 2018 draft, now playing at Northeastern University, 37 points in 27 games played over there. In terms of trade, more tradable commodities, Trevor Lewis, a third liner uh, in the uh, same ilk as Kyle Clifford, who was moved to Leafs last week. And defensemen Alec Martinez and Ben Hutton are the, guy, the names you'll likely hear on the outs from L.A. Uh, veterans all and uh, certainly useful pieces in terms of depth forward and, and solidifying defense there. Toffoli, for his part, uh, four goals in two games played last week. I, you know, if I was L.A., I would have resigned this guy rather than trade him. I think he's 
too good a player to have let go and I don't know that they got enough in this deal AJ I'm curious to hear your slant on that in terms of uh, how they might replace him Martin Furk has been recalled again you'll remember he was the guy that had the hardest shot in the AHL uh, all-star game and actually break, broke Zdeno Chara's record at the NHL level too if you want to count that as anything significant he has four points in six NHL games played uh, this year it's time to keep him here for a longer stretch now he's locked in it looks like as a right winger on the second line in terms of the depth forwards here Blake Lizotte showing a lot of playmaking uh, ability uh, with picking up a few assists in his last few games as well might be a guy I, I'd focus on in terms of a future piece that might fit in in a king's sweater i gotta be honest the inclusion of tim schaller in this deal is the thing that most confounds me um he's yeah. I, I think honestly if if i had to guess i think you're looking at a guy who's uh, gonna be a ufa after the season uh and so the kings were like sure we'll we'll take him and we'll let him walk after the season and you know vancouver gets uh you know, a little bit of uh, room in terms of, you know, fitting under the cap here. So uh, that's that's the most confounding part to me is, is his inclusion. The 2020 second round pick, I, I agree, I think maybe a little bit low. I would have thought they would try and get a, a first rounder here, but that all comes in with with Tyler Madden. You know, you look at his his numbers, had 28 points in his first year at Northeastern. You mentioned he's got 37 already this year, uh, just needs one more goal to get to the 20 goal mark. And even you take a look at World Juniors this year uh, for the U-20 uh, group there, had four points in seven games played. So uh, I think he that part is, is a solid addition. I think he was maybe if you went back and redrafted that 2018 uh, draft you might see Madden go second round uh, I think he third round was probably a steal by Vancouver there and so from that standpoint I really like the the inclusion of him and hey who's to say maybe the Kings make a run at Toffoli uh, in the offseason and try and convince him to come back and the Minnesota Wild made headlines with the firing of popular head coach Bruce Boudreaux to me this is a head scratcher AJ because this guy has been a winner everywhere he's coached and there was nothing about the Minnesota situation that you could really lay blame for on him because this, quite frankly, is an aging roster, and he was squeezing a lot out of them to keep them in the playoff hunt. They still are, in fact. So I'm, I'm surprised as he was alleged uh, to have been when he heard the news uh, delivered to him by Bill Guerin there. Forward depth, an issue for this team. Uh, the fact is that Miko Koivu is struggling since his return nine games ago. I used to think he was a very good, steady playmaking center for years, but maybe the time has run out on him as an aging forward. Only two points in his last nine, eight, nine games played. In fact, he's playing bottom six minutes now. Luke Kunin getting his uh, se- second line center role and more power play time of late. Uh, Jonas Brodine picked up a goal and two assists. I like what he's done as a defenseman for this club for a while now. Uh, Kevin Fiala has been the hottest uh, shooter on this team 10 points in his last five games played before being blanked in the last two that they played overall so some up some down but I'm really shocked at the departure the ouster of Bruce Boudreaux here uh I would say I'm shocked based on the timing which I think is what Boudreaux would say as well um all indications were that that Garen was going to let him fill uh finish out the season 
In terms of the firing in general, uh, I think it was going to happen eventually anyway. You've got a new GM who's going to want to bring in his own his own guys. He's already uh, made the move to, to ship out Ryan Zucker. I would be shocked if they don't send a few other players out the door as well before the, the season wraps up. And so uh, I, I'm definitely not surprised to see see that happen. In terms of uh, you know who they've got manning the bench now, Dean Evanson, uh, is a phenomenal coach uh, from what I've seen uh, has some NHL experience he coached the the Milwaukee Admirals uh, for for six seasons and is the second winning his coach uh, in their team history so I think he's a great candidate to be in there uh, given the number of you know the big names that are out there I think I'd be surprised if he if he retains the job I would expect Garen's going to go after a Gerard Gallant Peter Lavillette uh, maybe even Mike Babcock gets uh, consideration there. But uh, for my money, I would certainly give a good hard look at, at Evanson. And, and I think that's what you'll see down the stretch. It, it allows the GM to see if the, you know, how the coach functions and, and maybe go that route. But I think the writing was on the wall eventually for Boudreaux, uh that, that their new GM was going to want to bring in his own guy. The Montreal Canadiens went 0-3-1 last week, and uh, they may have got a bit of a morale boost by the fact that it looks like Shea Weber's going to come back a heck of a lot quicker than we thought when he went down with an injury. Shocking uh, recovery time uh, by him. Uh, Superman effort, if, if you ask me. But uh, I think he realizes how desperate the situation is here, and uh, time's wasting. They have pressing questions more than him. And when you look at the likes of Max Domi, he's on the last year of his current contract. And I wonder if the Canadians try to deal him or re-sign him. His points are down significantly this season from a career breakout last season. 37 points so far versus the 73 that he achieved last year. And another couple of questions surround uh, recent additions. Mario, Marco Scandella, $4 million contract for him uh, that's expiring. And Ilya Kovalchuk for $700,000. That was a great, turns out to be a great pickup because I think they could certainly turn him around for more assets. And if they want to keep him, I don't think they'd have to break the bank to, to do so. He seems to like Montreal. So that's a, situ- a situation that really looks like it has worked out for the Canadians. Uh, Troubling, though, is the fact that Carey Price has not been able to keep this team in contention. He's riding a personal four-game losing streak, and uh, the goals against is significant, 13 uh, allowed in that stretch. A right wing on the top line goes to Jordan Wheel. That's not something you're going to hear on too many depth charts. He's picked <laughs> up a goal after missing seven previous games, and the Canadians are just desperately looking for offense and plugging him in most recently. He'll stay there if he can continue to score, but I don't expect that. Do you? Uh, beyond that, the left wing around the second line, Jonathan Drouin, another guy who's underperformed. He's been blanked in four games, uh, and uh, he was out last game for a uh, lingering ankle injury. Uh, the question is, will he be back in tonight as left wing on that second unit? Remains to be seen, but he's also underwhelmed this season. Well, I think Wheel's status as, as first-line winger is probably tied to whether or not uh, Brendan Gallagher can play tonight. He's... Uh, dealing with a lower body injury he's uh, questionable tonight so we'll we'll have to see uh if if he plays i i would imagine if he does wheels gonna get bumped there uh i am honestly a little surprised that shea weber is gonna come back uh so early just because in my opinion this team is out of it in terms of you know play playoff uh contention here they've got less than uh they have 21 games left 
62 points, uh, similar situation to Buffalo, but they've played two more games. Uh, so I really, uh, I don't expect them to be there. And you're absolutely right with what you said about Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, they signed him for pennies. They got some solid production out of him, And now I think they're going to flip him uh, for, for some assets on the, on the return there. I, I would expect him to uh, get shipped out uh, any day now, really. All right, the Nashville Predators, 3-1 and one was the record last week. Craig Smith surprising everybody to lead the attack with five goals. Uh, Kyle Tourist woke up from a season-long slumber for his best week of the year, two goals and two helpers. Mikhail Granlund, two goals and one assist to lead this offense. They have continued to get yeoman work from Roman Yossi, who's closed ranks on the top-scoring D-men with another three-assist week. And in the Nets, it's uh, no surprise. UC Saros kind of taking the net away from Pekarine of late, picking up two wins along with a shutout last week. Yeah, this is the one team that I, I'm just not sure, honestly, what they might do at the the, the trade deadline here. You have to imagine they're going to try uh, and add some pieces here and, and make a run. The Western Conference is, is pretty wide open. They've got four games in hand on Arizona, and they're only three games back. So, uh, you know, I think they've got Ryan Ellis has, has started to practice. So, you know, getting him back in the lineup is is an addition in, it, in its uh, own right. And their forward ranks are, I think, pretty solid. Maybe you look at at a depth forward, but you've got guys like Nick Benino, Craig Smith, uh, who make up a, a pretty decent third line. You know, you could move Kyle Terrace to third line center if you wanted to shake things up a little bit. So I, I would be surprised if they're overly active here at at the deadline. Their top six is is a solid group. Uh, so I. I just not sure what Nashville really uh, would want here in terms of additions. And uh, the question for New Jersey is, can they move any of the other remaining players? They made two <laughs> deals recently to improve their prospect pool, certainly. Moving out Andy Green and Blake Coma, but there's a more to come here, I think. Wayne Simmons might be on the outs after a very ordinary season. He did get two goals and one helper last week to garner some headlines offensively finally. Louis Domingue, a backup goalie who might be sought uh, around the league, but those are cheap additions and they won't net much. The guy that they're looking for a big return from in trade, possible trade, is Sammy Vapnan, but even he's on the IR right now, AJ. And I know he's close to returning, but you have to figure his injured status might dampen that possibility of what they might get. Uh, I know the Maple Leafs have been eyeing him for some time, and uh, I'd like to see him in, the, in that compliment in Toronto, but uh, I, I'd just like to see a healthy version of him first, and we won't see that before the deadline, I don't think. In terms of what's happening on the ice, Cal Palmieri is a guy that they, they should think about retaining. Two goals and two assists for him. Joey Anderson has uh, surprised some people of late. Two goals and two assists for him as well. Damon Severson has picked up his offensive game over the last two weeks. AJ, six points to show for it, but suspect defensively still. He's been a bit exposed this year in that regard. In the Nets, Mackenzie Blackwood has four wins in his last four games played, allowing only four goals against and picking up two shutouts, so playing his best hockey of the year. He's going to be their go-to guy going forward uh, beyond this season and uh, has made a fine account of himself despite a bit of a tough situation overall for this club. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, been a, a good piece of uh, a good week for, for their GM there, and I, I would expect... Uh, based on what he did with those two trades, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that interim tag comes off sooner rather than later. Uh, I love the acquisition of Nolan Foote as as part of that deal. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, prospect and, and really 
I, I think he's probably one of their best prospects. And, yeah. you know, the, the team has talked about trying to build around guys of similar age to Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. And, and Nolan Foote absolutely fits that bill. And now you're looking at a team. There are some conditions here, but potentially going to have three first round picks uh, this this upcoming uh, draft. And, you know, the the Arizona pick is is protected uh, against being a, a top three. But I mean, with how the lottery could could shake out, you know, Vancouver, there's uh, is protected if they don't make the playoffs. But with how the lottery shakes out, you know, you could look at two two picks in, in the top 15 or so. And, and, you know, then another one, I would expect Vancouver makes the playoffs. So really uh, they've done some excellent work. I'll throw another name out there other than Wayne Simmons, who could get a look, uh, maybe Kyle Palmieri. This is a player 29 years old. Uh, so he doesn't necessarily fit that bill of building around a, an 18 year old and a 21 year old. He's got one year left on the deal in, in terms of uh, term there. And then even, you know, maybe Travis Sajak, if, if the right deal came around 5.75 million is a little steep uh, for a team to fit under their cap. But we talked about a number of teams uh, that are dealing with some pretty significant injuries that have given them cap room. Maybe a, a team like Colorado would take a look at Travis Sajak and say, Hey, we can, we can fit him in uh, at least for, for this year. And then we'll figure out the rest uh, next season. So uh, those are two additional names. I think Wayne Simmons uh, might as well have his, his go bag packed and ready to go and just waiting for the call to tell him where he's headed. The New York Islanders, AJ have slipped in the last few weeks. Their record is two and two last week as well. And they suffered a loss on Monday, a two to one defeat at the hands of Arizona. Arizona. Varlamov was in the net stopping a 30 of the 30, 32 shots he faced. Bovely is scoring. Green, a new addition there, and Pullock accounting for the assists. And it's the acquisition of Andy Green I want to talk about from New Jersey. The Islanders have really struggled since Adam Pellick went down a few weeks ago, breaking up their shutdown deep pair. That's exactly where Green's going to slot in, I think. They gave up a 2021 uh, second round pick and a defense prospect in David Crenville to get the veteran, but I think it shores up a real big space that has been uh, gaping hole in the Islanders structure, defensive structure, and you wonder if that's going to solidify them going down the stretch, or do they make another move? Josh Bailey on the ice led the attack, two goal, uh, one goal, four assists. Leo Komarov picked up two goals and an assist last week. I mentioned Ryan Pullock. He certainly delivered the goods offensively, as well as playing good defense for this club. Six points in a recent seven-game stretch. He's on pace for a career-best season, despite missing his longtime partner. I'm sure he feels good about the recent addition as well. So does Semyon Varlamov. In addition to last night's solid start, he allowed only 11 goals in his previous five appearances, so it looks like he's back on top of his game, and that's another bit of good news on the island. Yeah, I, I love this trade just because, you know, I don't think they gave up that much for it in terms of, of Quenville. And honestly, when you're in win-now mode, giving up a, a pick that's two years down the road, you know, in 2021, like, you don't even really think about that. I, I In my opinion, you know, you're trying to get back to the postseason and, and make a run here. Um, I would be shocked if that's the last move that the Islanders make. I think an additional forward uh, would certainly help their their roster here. So, 
um, we'll see what they can pull off here, but I would be surprised uh, if this is the, the last edition. The New York Rangers went 3-1 and one last week, AJ. I wonder what they're going to do at the trade deadline. There's been talk about Chris Kreider, a lot of talk, as the most sought-after piece in the, the, the trade deadline, but I've been hearing the Rangers might even turn around and re-sign this guy uh, as an important piece for their uh, leadership structure and the fact that he's still a uh, key part of the top six here. Jesper Fast and Alexander Georgiev are two other names that we're hearing as possible trade bait. Georgiev picked up two wins last week, pressed into more service than probably they forecast because Igor Shesterkin has an ankle injury and he's missed the last three games. And uh, they're pl- giving uh, Lundqvist a few, the odd start here and there too. Uh, but... Uh, you wonder what's going to happen there. Will will they go away from the three goalie system? In terms of the veterans on this club, that are they're still leading the teams. Advantage had nine points in his last seven games played. Been outstanding as their center on the top line. And Ryan Strom's had a very nice year as a second line center, producing six points in his last five games played. Yeah, I think it's just a waiting game for the Rangers right now. Um, you know, at, at one point, uh, I saw that up to eight teams had had called in on on Chris Kreider. I think that list has been whittled down a little bit. Uh, last I saw, there were still three uh, three clubs kind of interested. So uh, I think this uh, move probably waits uh, a couple more days here as the Rangers just you know bounce the offers around, and say, hey, this is what <laughs> this is what we're getting offered here. Can can you best this? Um, and given the prices that we've seen going, I mean, there've been some pretty significant, uh, uh, return for, for a lot of the guys that have gone, you know, we talked about to Foley and, and the big return there. And, and I think Kreider is obviously going to pull in even, even bigger from that. So, uh, a first round pick I think is a lock and then what else can you package up with it, uh, in, in terms of sending guys. So I think it's just a waiting game, uh, from their standpoint, I think you make, the best pitch that you can in terms of a contract offer and then you trade them and then you you come back and you say hey you know we had this uh on the table we're willing to give it back to you and and you make a run at them uh next year and a team that's hoping to make a bit of a run next year is the Ottawa Senators. They have some work to do before the trade deadline. They, they have four names out there that I think they should have a for sale sign on all of them. Ron Hainsey, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Craig Anderson, Vladislav Nemesnikov are the guys that you're going to possibly see going out the door in Ottawa. In terms of uh, who do they keep or resign, the one that I might consider is Peugeot. He's been a very nice developing development in terms of an offensive center there, but he's a bit small in stature, and I think they ought to capitalize now on, on moving him if they can. In terms of what they retain, uh, Shabbat's been a, a little bit of a disappointment for, as far as top-scoring D-men are concerned. It's no fault of his own, folks. Uh, he has points in his three, uh, three straight games now, but he's not going to touch the scoring total that he had last season. Still a decent and total in store but he's a keeper in dynasty leagues his shots on goal rate in fact has been higher of late uh, and that's encouraging for me 13 shots in his last four games played more in line with what we're used to seeing from him drake batherson struggling to find offense despite lots of chances nine shots on goal in his last three games i think he's going to get a long look here even uh, beyond this season as a key part of their offense they hope brady to certainly a key part of this offense now and in the future seven points in his last six games played but a big disappointment here is the performance of Artem Anisimov considering that he was profiled as a uh, playmaking center it's shocking to me that he only has four helpers in 37 games played this season well and maybe that's uh, somebody that uh, teams come calling on and, and think they can get him for a, for a steal here um, you know he's another guy that has one more year of term 
And if you think you can get the guy that he was in Chicago with, uh, you know, he had uh, the last four seasons in, in Chicago hit the, the 30 point mark and each of them hit 40 twice. Uh, and so uh, I think he's another name in addition to all the guys that you mentioned uh, that that are going to be available. You know, this is a team right now that's sitting with five picks in the first two rounds next year and i wouldn't be surprised to see them add uh to that total or, or maybe uh if they you know could figure something out maybe they move one of those second rounders to to move uh to convince somebody to part ways with a first rounder and add to there i mean with with how bad and, and we'll talk about them in a second but with how bad the the san jose sharks have been it's certainly possible that that uh that pick they could have two uh you know top five you know two top five picks uh with what they already have maybe they'll pick up a couple of twins and see if they can challenge the sedines who knows <laughs> the philadelphia flyers two and two was the record last week uh in terms of needs year offensively i look at the top six and i see that they might want to look at boosting the left wing joel Faraby has kind of been up and down as a rookie but they'd like to see a more consistent presence there i'm sure van reemsteak not really an option here to handle the big minutes anymore more of a power play specialist and a depth forward when he gets the regular shifts uh, in terms of what's happening on the ice justin braun picked up four assists last week they'd be getting some decent scoring from the back end when you consider Provorov picked up four points in his last four games played niskanen has been outstanding here since he's been plugged in into more high leverage minutes four assists in his last week as well goss is very close to return but i don't think he takes the minutes away from matt niskanen the way he's going right now and another performance that might be worth keeping an eye on is scott lawton picking up four points last week despite playing in a bottom six role here i think it's interesting that that uh they acknowledge that they kind of mishandled uh goss bears injury here that you know in in hindsight they uh they kind of admitted a a conditioning stint in the minors would have probably better suited him than playing in that that one game against new jersey um so and and i think even when he is cleared to go you know he's been kind of on the outs with this team of late and i i just don't it's certainly possible he could be a healthy scratch from time to time as well they're not going to make the same mistake with with nolan patrick uh if he uh continues to progress they are gonna uh send him to the minors on a conditioning stint so that'll kind of be your first indicator uh that that he's going to play they're running out of time for him to play this season um but he is certainly trending in in the right direction and and would be a nice kind of uh addition uh in the postseason to add a guy that could fill a third line uh center role for them and kind of give them some flexibility with scott lawton and the pittsburgh penguins they added jason sucker last week and i love that addition for your team aj i think this could be a really significant uh, move just like charlie coyle was last year for the boston bruins i'll i'll use that as a comparable though they're not really comparable in terms of size uh, the scoring ability is certainly in my opinion in terms of the needs that i think your team is looking at uh, center on a bottom six uh, needs a bit of an upgrade after the outstanding top two it's a great big drop off and they've been looking to find an answer in the third line position Maybe bolstering a wing and putting McCann back in there might be the answer. So they have two ways to go there, and I think they're looking for a defensive upgrade as well. The tandem in the Nets has been fantastic of late. Uh, Yari uh, uh, 
only eight goals in his last four games played. Murray, only nine goals against. It's a nice problem to have when you got two goalies clicking along the way they are right now. In terms of other news here, Dominic Simone at right wing in, in his last two games, it becomes more attractive as a DFS option option with the Zucker upgrade uh, on the Crosby line too there. So keep an eye on his price tag, I'll say. And then on defense, it's great to see Chris Letang doing Chris Letang things, eight points in his last eight games played. Well, I, first I'll talk about Latang. I think what's most surprising is that he's pulling that off with Jack Johnson uh, as his defensive partner. Uh, you know, Jack has really had a, a resurgent year uh, for how maligned he was in his first season in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's kind of gone away, and he's really kind of shored up the defensive side of his game uh, and and become uh, a quality uh, defensive uh, player for them. Now, obviously, once they get Brian Dumoulin back, uh, I think Johnson moves off that line. And so from my standpoint, I'm not sure that they add much in uh, on the blue line. I think your additions are going to be just guys coming off IR. You get Brian Dumoulin back uh, and, and John Marino is, is dealing with an injury as well. You get those guys back and that's a pretty solid uh, six pack of, of blue liners. And the same with, uh, you know, I'm going to disagree with you at the center spot as well. You've got Nick Bukestad, uh, who should be back and available. I think he's a fine uh, third or, or fourth line center for them once he gets fully healthy. And Dominic Cahoon has been out of the lineup. He uh, was uh, skating in a in a regular jersey at practice this morning. Uh, and so that could be an option where they put him uh, on that left wing and, and move McCann back as well. So, um Hey, it's Jim Rutherford, so I'm I'm not going to say Pittsburgh's done by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. That guy is always wheeling and dealing, and it's why he's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, I think they have a, a decent number of guys that can come in uh, off you know off IR off off the injured list and and help them where they need it. And you mentioned the goaltenders. Uh, let me think back. When was the last time the Penguins went with two good, really net mine, you know, two solid net miners kind of working in tandem? Oh, that's right, 2016 and. 2017. We all know how those seasons ended up. So uh, I'm all on board with riding both guys uh, in into the the rest of the season here. And speaking of Stanley Cup winners, the St. Louis Blues, the team that everybody's going to be watching to see what they do at the deadline. They were 0-2 and 1 last week. Zach Sanford continues to be the offensive surprise. Five goals last week to lead all shooters. In fact, he has eight points now in his last seven games played overall. But, boy, it's Stanley Cup or bust here. And if they bust early, the talk is going to center around Alex Pietrangelo. He had three assists last week among the leading goal, uh, point scorers and defensemen. There's, I don't think there's a way they can fit this guy into next year's roster, AJ, unless they move out some other big salaries. But uh, he'd be a, he'll be much sought after in, in free agency. So that's another talk for another day, sure. But uh, in the interim, their defensive structure has been compromised, obviously, with the the terrible news around Jay Bowmeister. Uh, at least he's going to survive, uh, hopefully return to a normal lifestyle, but I don't know if hockey's going to be a big part of it. This is a key defensive presence lost here, and I don't know if, the, if they can plan on him coming back anytime soon. Certainly not this season to help their playoff run. And in the Nets, one of the guys who's paying for that uh, deficiency is Jordan Binnington. He snapped a, a recent string of eight games where he allowed three or more goals, allowing only two in Sunday's loss. But it's been a struggle for the St. Louis goalies without the defensive structure uh, that Bo Meester brings to this team. 
Yeah, I would have said before uh, that, you know, Joe, uh, Jay Bomeuser, uh, before that incident, I would have said this team probably looking for a depth forward. Um, they'll hopefully get Tarasenko back here once once they get to the postseason. Um, so I don't think they needed to go out and make a big splash in, in free agency. And I still don't think they need to make a big splash. But now I would uh, agree with you. I think the priority is probably on the on the back line uh, here in, in terms of additions and, and trying to get somebody else in that can kind of just help carry the load. You know, most most teams are going to use seven, eight defensemen in the in the postseason. And I think you're going to want somebody a little more established uh, than than what they have right now. In San Jose, they took it on the chin yesterday, a home loss against Florida. Uh, their fate's sealed, AJ, and you can see it in the postgame scrum around Brendan Dillon. The guy was in tears when the pos- prospect of possibly having played his last home game in San Jose was brought up, and uh, he's a guy who's definitely going to be on the move here, I do think. For, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a depth defenseman, and the guy with the defensive up acumen that he has is going to be one of the first guys that, that gets snapped up. There's a, probably going to be a, quite a bidding war for his services. And then uh, Joe Thornton, you wonder if he's going to get another kick at the playoff can being moved somewhere. It's going to be have to do with have to be done with his consent. And I'm told that there's only a couple of teams where he'd consider moving. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. One of the holdovers that you can expect to remain here long term is Brett Burns. He's a signature piece here, obviously a goal and two helpers. And his uh, per role is magnified with the fact that Eric Carlson's lost for the year with his injury situation. Martin Jones has had a year to forget, folks, but to posting a shutout on Saturday, you wonder if that's a springboard to a late-season turnaround. It'd be good for him to get that uh, under his belt because he's really being challenged by Aaron Dell of late in the Nets uh, over in San Jose. In addition to missing their top two centers, Evander Kane is out with one more game with a uh, suspension, so I look forward to getting him back later in the week. Joe Kelman has been moved up into a top-six role. This guy was undrafted and never a big scorer in the Swedish Elite League. He's getting the top six opportunity here. It's a it's a real good op- audition situation, but it's way too early for me to tout him as a DFS DFS option. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Brendan Dillon is is the kind of focal point here. Um, a few other names that that maybe have been been tossed around is you know would Patrick Marlowe consider going somewhere else? Um, I don't know, uh, but you know we're looking at for both him and Thornton, we're looking at maybe one. Uh, one last run at, at, at trying to get that cup, and it's certainly not going to happen in San Jose here. Melker Carlson is another depth guy um, that could be added relatively cheap. He makes just $2 million uh, this year, going to be a UFA, so uh, another guy that, that a team may uh, take a look at. But as you said, Brendan Dillon is, is the focal point. This is a club that doesn't have a first-round pick this year and has just one second round, uh, has a third rounder, not their own, and then uh, no fourth rounder. So uh, they'll definitely be looking to add some pieces, uh, you know, heading into this year's draft. And uh, Tampa Lightning, they are on a heck of a roll. Uh, their win, uh, win streak now up to 11 straight games, picking up the win in Colorado. They're neck and neck with the Boston Bruins. I can't wait to see how this thing turns out. I hope they go right down to the wire and just get tired uh, so that they become uh, a more cha- more easy challenge for the Maple Leafs should they get that far. Uh, the win yesterday was backstopped by Curtis McElhinney. Been an outstanding uh, 
backup goalie uh, once again there. And uh, Brendan Gantz, Alex, Alex Killorn, Stamkos, and Kucherov handling the goal scoring in that game. The news that uh, off the ice, though, was uh, the addition of Blake Coleman. This is the rich getting richer in terms of finding another capable scorer. They paid a hefty price to get him, though, as you implied earlier. Nolan Foote moving out and a first-rounder as well. That's a big price to pay to acquire a guy who I don't know where he's going to fit other than maybe a third-line role and injury insurance to the top two sets of wings. Yeah, his, how he fits into this lineup is certainly something to watch. I I would not be surprised to see him challenge Alex Kalorn for a top six role here. And Kalorn's had a phenomenal year. He's on a three-game point streak right now. Um, so I don't know that you want to break that up. Uh, but, you know, Coleman on the third line and instead of Patrick Maroon, uh, perhaps, or, or maybe Coleman – uh, could take over from Paquette. You move him, you know, move him into that center spot. Uh, we'll have to see how how lines kind of shake out for them uh, here down the stretch. But I think he's a fantastic addition for a team that's going to be really hard up against the cap next year. Uh, and he's only making one point eight, you know, million this year and next. So uh, a hockey deal, if you will, instead of a rental. Um, the the question marks in terms of you know the the cap situation next year are all on the blue line how do they figure out um you know how do they get uh, guys in basically they've got a number of ufas and rfas there and they do have to pay anthony sorelli who's had a fantastic year himself so uh some some big question marks for this club heading into the offseason and, and blake coleman helps alleviate some of that with his really uh you know team-friendly uh, contract the Maple Leafs went two and two in a busy week on the ice last week but it doesn't hide the fact that defensive depth is a really an issue for this club particularly when you consider that they are the only team in the league that employs a couple of teenagers uh, on their young on their uh, third line pairing uh, I guess Lilligren maybe just turned 20 but Sandine only 18 years old it's rare for a supposed contender and it highlights this team's injury list and the fact they do, do need help on the blue line the early returns from their other trade outstanding Jack Campbell 3-0-1 only 10 goals against and Kyle Clifford bringing a physical presence to a team that's been sorely lacking in that regard I'm thrilled with the addition of these two guys I'm equally as happy with the play of Zach Hyman of late 10 points in last 10 games played really getting good value for his low uh, contract you've got to hit home runs like that in the salary cap era to account for allow for the big contracts that they also have to fit in here Alex Kerfoot been a very serviceable forward he's been moved around the roster quite liberally all season long and now has a top six role in the wing picking up three assists last week well, and you, you wonder, are they going to go back to their, their friends in L.A. there and uh, see if they can get Alec Martinez, um, who, who has one more year? You know, they, they, they already have Jake Muzzin. They've got uh, Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Clearly, uh, they, they like working, uh, you know, with, with those, uh, those guys, in, guys in L.A. So maybe um, they go back for, for one more kick at the can and, and add to that blue line depth. Paul, did I hear a little bit of uh, missing of Jake Gardner? Would 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 you like him back right now? <laughs> no, uh, th- no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks two and one last week. They acquired Toffoli. That's a home run for them. It's just a matter of where does he fit in among the top six forwards. I, I think he's certainly going to find a home here and be a popular addition very early on. But his addition may be offset by some in- news in the infirmary. M- Michael Furland out for the rest of the season, and Brock Besser out with a rib cartilage fracture that will cause him to miss at least the next few weeks so uh, there's some plus and some minus here uh, in terms of the roster moves uh, center depth beyond the top two an issue here 
as well. They've got a great one-two punch, but it drops off significantly here, maybe too significantly. They've got to fill in with a, a decent third-line center, I think, to help this team. Uh, on the back end, Quinn Hughes delivering an outstanding season, 45 points in 58 games. Fabulous output for the youngster. And uh, Jacob Markstrom, an outstanding season in the Nets, joining the ranks of the elite goalies in the league firmly and unequivocally. Two wins more to his ledger, one more shutout. And speaking of great additions, J.T. Miller, on the verge of a career high in points, has been a key to Canucks climb to the top of the Pacific Division. Well, I'm going to actually take issue with uh, your your claims of lack of center depth here. I think Adam Gaudet is a fantastic third-line center. Uh, you look at his last 11 games, he's got eight points over that stretch, three of those helpers coming on the power play. Uh, he's got 27 points on the season for a phenomenal, uh, you know, third uh second you know second full year uh, in the league and I think he really is starting to find his own so I, I actually don't think that they need uh, a ton of help to, at the center position for me it's on the wing that's the bigger issue you know Louis Erickson was like out of the lineup for much of the year has really struggled you know with Toffoli's addition at least Erickson drops down to to the second line maybe third if you move Jake Vertanen uh, up to that second line so I think the wing for me, is the, the bigger issue with this club. The Vegas Golden Knights 2-1 and one was their record last week. They picked up a, an important win, a 3-2 victory over Washington last night. Fleury holding the fort in the Nets, picking up the W with 25 saves and 27 shots. Holden, Pacioretty, and Smith picking up the goals for the home side in that one. Nate Schmidt has a goal and one helper and assisting in Shea Theodore bringing the offense from the blue line in the last month they've really got good performances out of both these guys to solidify the back end offense alex tuck out long term with a lower body injury that's a significant blow for a team that relies on him to bring the physicality and a scoring touch combined that's a rare combination on this roster so they'll miss him for sure there's a key stat trend though that's worth noting here shots on goal has dropped dramatically uh, in this structure they've been playing way better defensive structure allowing 25 shots or less in six of their last seven games before last night. Our research shows that the top two centers, Stastny and Carlson, may be flipping line mates in terms of the top six structure. That uh, is something we'll keep an eye on. I think what's interesting for, for this club is, as you said, that, that tuck injury. Uh, I think it changes the dynamic here in, in terms of what they have outside of those top two lines. And so I, I think that that's something that they uh, should you know, obviously will want to maybe address here. They do have the benefit of having two second round picks. Um, they have Pittsburgh's second rounder this year uh, because they agreed to take Marc-Andre Fleury uh, in, in the draft there. So basically a, a free pick for a guy that they were probably going to take anyway. Right. Um, so I, I think uh, that pick is probably going to be on the on the market there uh in terms of of moving something out and in trying to get a guy in they do have three second round picks next year in in 2021 as well so they've they were able to very early on stockpile some of those picks uh and i think they're at a point that they don't necessarily need them and uh, i think they'd be better suited to move those and and bring in uh some some depth forward options 
The Washington Capitals did lose that game in Vegas. Uh, Brayden Holtby in the nets for that one. 26 saves on 29 shots. Oh, she picked up both goals. Vrana had two assists. Orlov and Carlson, the helpers. You notice that Ovechkin was not in the scoring summary. It's now four games, a season high, without goals for him as he chases the 700-goal plateau. He's too short. I say he gets it this week, AJ, and uh, good for him for joining that exclusive club. Uh, he'll do it sooner rather than later, and I think he's still uh, my bet to be the all-time leading goal scorer in history by the time he's done. Lars Eller picked up a goal and two assists, one of the best third-line centers in the league for my money. John Carlson added a goal and three assists to his career season. Holtby uh, started now four, uh, four, uh, three games in a row uh, on the Western road trip allowed four goals against in his first two games and only three last night so he's getting his game in order at the right time Genny Kuznetsov missed his third straight game on Monday the good news is for that he should return later this week and uh, solidify that top six in Washington I would imagine that as soon as Ovechkin gets one he'll get the other and I would guess that both goals come in the same game uh, to get him to that 700 mark. And I wouldn't be surprised if it coincides with getting Evgeny Kuznetsov back in the lineup. You know, he's, as you said, he's on a, a five-game goal drought right now, and Kuznetsov has been hurt for three of those. So I think that uh, will certainly uh, play, you know, play a factor. If he gets Kuznetsov back uh, in the lineup, I, I would expect that you will see uh, those two goals in, in one game to, to, get, back, to get over uh, that 700 mark. All right, and now we go to the final team on the list, the Winnipeg Jets, 1-2, and two, the record last week. Defensive depth, a question all season long. They've cobbled together a decent back end, but decimated right off the hop, and they could use an upgrade in that area for sure. Up front, Andrew Kopp is warming to a top-six winger role, solidifying the top two lines there. Six points in his last eight games played is good news. Connor Helliabuck, to me, has been an absolute hero for these guys. 17 goals against in the last seven games played out of eight possible starts they're leaning on him heavily and he's certainly delivering the goods and uh, although Patrick Liney's goal total won't reach a career high in my opinion he's becoming a more complete ca- uh, player AJ with a 200 foot game uh, the defensive side is something he's recognizing that is important and good for him at an early age to get that under his belt because he's still one of the top shooters in the game and uh, and a real good all-around player in my opinion now all of a sudden four veteran forwards on the IR it's their biggest challenge right now they got to evaluate the t- this situation and how quickly some of them might come back before they decide what to do at the trade deadline yeah, I think the thing that's been confounding them all year long has been the Dustin Bufflin situation and whether or not his cap hit counts is is really the big question mark here. Um, they got a little bit of, uh, unfortunately it was bad news, but they got a little bit of at least certainty when they found out that Brian Little won't be back at all this year. Uh, so we're, I think we're going to see uh, Shifley and Wheeler kind of maintain uh, the, the two center spots there. I think that might be something for them to consider. I always thought as soon as, you know, they got little back in the lineup that you would see Wheeler move back to wing on that top line. So maybe that's where they go now. And they might be a little bit gun shy. Their last couple of acquisitions of of centers at the trade deadline haven't really panned out for them uh, in the long term. But overall, uh, I I think we will see them uh, definitely try and be be active here and, and see what they can do. 
in terms of adding to this team. And I'll throw one other note in there. In a year in which we've seen eight coaches given their walking orders, that's a fourth of the league, it was nice to see a, a difference uh, a different approach in in the Jets giving uh, Paul Maurice a, an extension there and, and giving him a long term deal. Uh, you know the one the one coach that doesn't seem to be on pins and needles here now anymore and and to get a deal. So uh, that was nice to see that change of pace after as I said eight coaches have been given their uh, walking orders. All right, AJ. We look ahead to tonight's schedule, and I know you're going to be watching the same game I am tonight. And I'm curious to see how your roster looks different from mine. I bet you have more Penguins in it than I do, but I'm also surprised to, to see what the optimizer spit out. And I can't wait for you to try and spit out some of these names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I am admittedly a, a bit of a hack here sometimes. Fortunately, you were able to correct me last week. I got Mark uh, Pissick correct today, so uh, a step in the right direction there. And shout out to our friend Daniel Negreanu, who's never uh, shy at uh, calling me out when, when I get those wrong. So it's definitely appreciated uh, the feedback uh, there. You know, I do my best. I watch as much hockey as I can, but uh, it is sometimes a struggle. And the, I will say, sometimes the name is right in my head and it just comes out wrong. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll run down the optimizer here, and you will be happy to hear that the uh, optimizer is running a full Toronto stack uh, for tonight's slate of games, and that starts right down the middle. The optimizer is suggesting paying up big for Austin Matthews and John Tavares. You'll get Matthews at 8,800, Tavares at 74, and it continues at the wing with uh, Mitch Marner at 7,600. So after spending all that money, the optimizer goes with a few depth options. One of them I really like here, Jeff Skinner, uh, a player that I would not uh, imagine being 5,100 on FanDuel at any point last year. Uh, but you'll get him relatively cheap with a good matchup against Ottawa. The optimizer likes Brian Russ tonight, 4,500. It's hard to argue with a guy that's playing on the second line uh, with Evgeny Malkin. Justin Williams comes in at 3,500. Again, a second line top power play guy. Uh, he's cooled off a little bit from the hot start, but certainly uh, still has some value. I've used him plenty. To round out that Toronto stack, Tyson Berry, 5,100, a guy who uh, is set to get some power play minutes with them as well, so that's why you're seeing him in there. And then Rasmus Ristolainen, the other defenseman for Buffalo, 4,400. I think that's another case of a good matchup, a power play guy, so I like that one as well. And then in the Nets, the optimizer likes Connor Hellubuck tonight uh, at 7,800 uh, playing against uh, LA and you just touted how great he's been all year and he's got a good matchup. So uh, hard to argue that point, Paul, what, uh, what say you tonight? Well, what I say is I, I didn't want you to take what I said the way that you did. I meant to say, how would, how, how can you spit out three leaf names in the rotowire optimizer? I thought that, oh. <laughs> that, I thought that would be the area that you would struggle with more than anything in terms of any names. But, uh, you know what? I, you handled it very well. I'll say. Uh, I'm going to say I have three Leafs in my lineup, but only one is similar to what the optimizer did. Or is it? Let's listen. I, and off the top, I'm picking Evgeny Malkin to be one of my centers tonight. So how do you like them apples? $7,800 for him in that matchup. Mark Shifley for $6,700. So I get two of the top 10 centers in hockey, for my opinion, in my opinion, for just under 14000 
six, well, $14,500 on the nose. And then on the wing, I got Willie Nylander for $6,600. David Perron of the St. Louis Blues on fire of late and a depleted Jersey Devils coming to visit him. $6,300 the price tag there. I got Zach Hyman in as my second Maple Leaf AJ. He's been on fire, as I said, for a long period of time and a guy who thrives in, in games with high stakes and the, the stakes will be high in this one. Jacob Voracek rounds out my offensive compliment. He's been a fixture in the top six and it's long overdue in Philadelphia that he has that role back. Cheap option for $6,100 against the visiting Jackets. And then I turn to defense and I go low end, but guys that are figuring into the power play fit mixes in both situations. Josh Morrissey, $3,800 for the Jets against the visiting LA Kings. Matt Niskanen, I said how good he's been of late for the Philadelphia team. $4,700 for him. And I cannot argue with the optimizer's pick of Connor Hellebuck. $7,800 against a depleted LA team that's coming in to visit the Jets. What about you? Well, I'm, I'm going to try and take advantage of some matchups and, and potentially uh, some low ownership tonight. Uh, so I've got this one won't be low owned, but I've got Jack Eichel as my top center, 8,200 playing against uh, Ottawa tonight. I think it's a good opportunity to use Buffalo. And I use that same reasoning for, for the my other guys here. So I went with basically two uh, first-line stacks here I was able to fit in. So I'll talk about Buffalo first. I've got Eichel, 8,200. I've uh, and I pair him up with Victor Olofsson, 6600, and Sam Reinhardt at 6400. So really, a, a good opportunity to use a, a top line stack here. And I went with uh, Montreal's first line as it is right now as my other stack. Philip Deneau, my center at 5100. Thomas Tatar, 6400, and then Wheel at 3100. Obviously, if that changes, I'll have to switch uh, some things up here. Um, but I like Montreal playing against Detroit tonight. So some good uh, stack options. And I would expect Montreal probably to have low ownership, even though they're playing against Detroit. Um, they just they're a team that uh, you have to pick and choose your battles. Really, I go to our game to fill out my defenseman here. I am going to pay up the 7,000 to get Chris Letang. He's just been so hot lately and I think he'll continue to roll. And then I've got Jake Muzzin, 4,200. Uh, he's got a goal and an assist in his last two games. And, uh, I think can be a solid contributor again tonight. And then it, we're going to go three for three on the netminders here. So, uh, take that for what it's worth. I've got Connor Hellybuck as well, uh, at home for 7,800 against the LA Kings. Oh, man, I think my guy is nervous. He didn't pick Crosby or Malkin against the Leafs. I'm shocked. <laughs> AJ, I'm looking forward to how that game turns out. I'm sure we'll be tweeting at each other tonight, and it could be entertaining for our followers. Uh, for now, that wraps up this episode of PuckCast with Statsman and AJ. Our next episode, we'll be looking at all the wheeling and dealing that has happened, and we'll also have another candle on our, each of our birthday cakes uh, next Monday. So happy birthday to you, partner. And uh, please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen to podcasts to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody.